Maker Minds, episode number four. Hey, hey, and hello, hello, and welcome to the Maker Mind Show. I'm Abby. And I'm Jerry. Bringing you today the Mr. Todd Self, co-founder and partner of Distinct Capital Group. So thanks so much for being here. He is the co-founder of a private equity firm located in the weird city of Austin, Texas. Uh, That's right. We're keeping it weird. Yeah, exactly. So um, I know you're super busy with all these ACU interviews today, so we just really appreciate you being here. Um, do you have anything that you would like to share, maybe a glimpse of your personal life? <laughs> well, it's been great being back on campus, for one thing, so that's been kind of fun. But uh, yeah, personal, uh, married, three kids, got a couple of daughters, 13 Sweet. and 8, or 10, and then a son that's 8, and uh, living in Austin, Texas, happily. Great. Uh, and you met your wife here, correct? I did. Yeah, my wife is uh, two years behind me here at ACU. So I mean, she actually worked here at ACU for two or three years out of school. So Sweet. got her written by Springer. That's right. Hey. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kick off this interview with one question I had in mind was that you were a ACU baseball player and you lived in ACU before. So, I mean, lived in Abilene. So... What made you want to stay with ACU or stay in Abilene? Was it just merely being on the team or did you just have this love and connection to good old Abilene? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I did grow up in Abilene and uh, spent a lot of my junior high and high school days, you know, riding my bicycle through campus and playing on the tennis courts. And, and so ACU was a, a big part of my life growing up. But growing up in Abilene, you know, I didn't have the vision that I would go to ACU just because I wanted to get out of town. Um, but uh, we, they started a program here and, uh, in the early 90s, and it just so happened that, uh, that I got a scholarship to play baseball, and, and it paid for, for education. I thought that was a really good idea, get somebody else to, to yeah. pay for school. And uh, so, yeah, I, I ended up uh, staying in Abilene, going to ACU, and it, it was one of the best decisions I've ever made. I bet Mama was happy, too, that you yeah. could stay home. Yeah, mom and dad were both happy, and and, uh, so that was good. Yeah, it was fun. And now, um, have there been any lessons that you've learned, though, from being in baseball that have helped you with your business side? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think one of the things that I love so much about sports is it teaches teaches you how to work with a team, right? It's really important Mm -hmm. to be able to coexist with people that, you know, maybe don't always have your, your same view or your same opinions, but you learn to coexist in a way that's a, a positive way for the benefit of the team. So I would say, you know, one of, that's one of the primary benefits. You know, being a student athlete, uh, time is valuable to you. Uh, you have less of it than a traditional student. So time management is pretty important. And then I think the third thing that as a result of being maybe a, a, an athlete at the collegiate level and, and, uh, and that really applies to to any athlete, I think, in my opinion, is the competitiveness that you get, you can apply in the business world as well because because uh, business is, is a competitive environment. And so mm-hmm. learning how to be competitive is, uh, is, is a, a benefit, I think, in the business world. So when you're hiring people, do you tend to hire a lot of athletes or do you ask that question like, hey, like, did you ever play team ball? baseball or? player? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish. You know, we're looking for the best candidate mm-hmm. first and foremost. If, if they happen to have a sports background, certainly that's, 
that's interesting to us. And, you know, it just so happens we do have a, a guy in the office that was a professional soccer player. Wow. And so uh, certainly uh, it's, it's fun to have those. But ultimately we want really good, high-character people, uh, first and foremost, that are smart and, uh, and can help the team. And if they happen to also have that competitive streak in their background, that's great as well. For sure. Do you feel like sometimes in the business world it gets you, the competition, or do you draw a line sometimes? Uh, in terms of being overly competitive? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it is overly competitive, and I think that's actually something that's fun okay. and makes it, uh, makes it even more fun. It's, it's how, do we, how do we, as a company and our portfolio yeah. companies, how do they compete? with everyone else in the marketplace. And so I think that's really fun. Okay, so what does the typical day at DCG look like? Is there investments, negotiating, negotiating contracts? What is that? Could you give us an insight on that? Yeah, so um, a lot of it depends on the life cycle of a portfolio company and where they are. Um, But a typical day for us, um, again, we usually have our days, Monday through Friday, kind of mapped out for specific purposes so, uh, you know, interestingly enough, Monday morning, kind of the week starts out with us where we do prayer time and we pray over our portfolio companies, the people that are managing the portfolio companies. And so we start our day and our weeks praying for people in the company and our companies in, in general and for their well-being and success. So we kind of always start the week that way. Um, but Mondays are typically, you know, prayer for the, for the portfolio companies. Um, we're looking at any opportunities that we're looking at. We usually do a rundown on, on what's going on with those potential opportunities. Where are we in the pipeline with certain companies? And just kind of make a general assessment on our business development side of our business as to what's going on and what's our pipeline look like for future acquisition targets. The rest of the week is really spent, um, you know, s- supporting kind of the portfolio companies okay. and their needs and and supporting those management teams. So, are you are you in an office for the most of your day, though, or do you get out and you're like negotiating in person with different businesses? Yeah, we we have office time and then we're out as well. And so it's you know if, if a perfect week would be fifty fifty where we're in the office a little bit and we're supporting portfolio companies and we're engaging in dialogue with other teammates about what they're working on. And then the, the component outside of the office is meeting with business owners, meeting with folks that, uh, that can refer us opportunities. And so being out of the office is pretty important as well. One thing that really got my attention is you said the office as a whole praise for the portfolio companies. What made y'all do that? Did it just pop out of nowhere or was it your Christian background where you tried to integrate it in the company itself? Yeah, so, um, so you know, distinct the, the name distinct means something different or, and so, uh, so the original premise of the business was we're a little bit different and we do private equity different. And so, um, all of the guys that I work with, uh, and have worked with were believers. And, and so it was really important for us to say, Hey, let's start out the week first, uh, with the prayer time and acknowledging, you know, the blessings that we have and, and listening, lifting up kind of, uh, you know, prayer requests and, and just identifying uh, and recognizing kind of we're second in all of this, so to speak. Do your clients know that that you pray on Mondays? Like, do you ever fill them in on things like that? Our portfolio companies all know that. Yeah, they're aware of that. Uh, we have limited partners that obviously uh, know that we're believers. We, you know, do some outside things outside of our office to raise money for uh, for certain things. 
that have a, a, a spiritual or Christian component to them. So yeah, I think our limited partners are pretty pretty aware of it as well. So speaking about private equity, what made you transition from corporate banking, all of that fun stuff, to the private equity business that you're in now? Was there something that in your life you just you got a taste of it and you're like, whoa, I'm doing private equity from now on? Yeah, so um, when I was in banking, one of the things that really, there were two things that kind of hit home to me when I was in my banking career. The first was the, um, the amount of uh, success that entrepreneurs had and how it benefited them personally and, and financially. And I saw a lot of companies making a lot of money, and I thought that was really, it was eye-opening to see how many companies were doing interesting things and making a lot of money doing them. And the second thing that I saw that was interesting to me was they employed a lot of people. And it's really cool to be a part of something where you can employ mm-hmm. people and have a strong, healthy company that is able to employ people. And, and their livelihood is tied to that business. And so something about being able to employ people was interesting to me. And being able to kind of make the switch from banking to private equity allowed me a chance to not just buy one company and have an impact on one company and impact the lives in a positive way of lots of of people in that company, but we could actually own four or five or six companies and have an impact on five or six companies. Uh, and I thought that was really impactful and really exciting. And so one of the things that drove me to private equity was being able to have an impact on five or six companies at a time rather than just owning one and operating that one company. You get the best of both. Yeah. You dabble in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> really exciting. And, you know, there's something just really fulfilling and rewarding about being able to have a, a strong, healthy company mm-hmm. that is growing and that continues to hire more people and you get to employ more people, right? So that's you have an impact on that, and it's really fun. So to grow these companies, it's all about you know um, being great stewards of their money, and they're trusting you in that. So I know I need some help with being a better steward <laughs> of my money, and I feel like you're the guy to probably talk to. So do you have any tips and tricks I can you know bring in the Benjamin? <laughs> There's no tricks. I don't think that I could give you. You know, I, the. the 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 most important thing obviously is to um, is to make sure that you live within your means first and foremost right and so if you have a good idea of and you budget what you uh, can spend based on what you make and you always are spending less than you make I think you're going to be on the right side of the ledger there so mm-hmm. no no uh, <laughs> profound uh, statement other than you know spend less than you make and make sure you live within a budget. We started out very young, uh, married couple, my wife and I, and uh, we always, uh, people laugh at us, but even to this day, we have a a separate account just for our food because we wanted to be able to track how much we were spending on our food and what our budget was and then we lived within it. And uh, even to this day, we have separate bank accounts for our vacation and our property taxes and all this, just so we can say, hey, we live within a budget and we we live within our means. So. Do you ever like think about um, looking into Dave Ramsey, like his type of courses? <laughs> My parents just got into Financial Peace University yeah. and yeah, they're like, you should totally check it out. That, I didn't know if you've been into that. Well, the interesting thing, I've had several friends who've gone through that. We've never gone through it, but I've had several friends tell me, 
hey, in the, the Dave Ramsey stuff, they tell you to put your cash in envelopes, right? Yes, that's what it sounded and, like. And it's no different than the bank accounts <laughs> that we have and we opened years ago. When I was working for a bank, you get unlimited check, checking accounts, right? So we had an account for everything you can imagine because <laughs> it was free. <laughs> um, now it's not. I bet they anymore. loved you yeah. having all these accounts and everything. <laughs> no, yeah, but but it's not uh, it's not unlike Dave Ramsey in the fact that you say, "Hey, this is how much I'm going to spend for this bucket, this specific item. I'm going to spend X many dollars, and once I'm done with it, I don't have anything else." So yeah. So basically, what I got from that is that Dave Ramsey copied you. On <laughs> you said that. Yeah, you really are the you said, you said that. He's probably been doing it longer than I that. know. I hope he's not listening to this. Exactly. No, actually, I hope he is. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, so now, talking about just like habits with the money, are there any other types of habits that you have that contribute to your success? So whether that be whatever. Any apps you like, or walking, or exercising? Well, I don't know what you do. So yeah. In terms of it. being a good financial steward, um, just with the in money? life, like um, with your business, uh, is there anything that you do every day or yeah. weekly that really helps you in um, just enjoying life more and like reaping all the benefits? Well, being a being a former athlete, I think pretty important for me to have that daily exercise routine and being able to, you know, I I mean, it's hard for me not to get up and want to immediately start getting involved in something and being active. Uh, And so, you know, I play a lot of golf, I do a lot of tennis and I try to stay active. So, I mean, for me, being that the healthiness is important, I think for me and being able to have the outlet because when we're working and we're using our, our mind, we're, we're, we're using it a lot and we're being aggressive with with mm-hmm. everything we're doing during the day so having that time to decompress uh, is pretty important do you have a certain time in the day that you do that or like my day is so different from day to day that no you're usually trying to squeeze it in so some mm-hmm. sometimes it would be in the mornings sometimes it would be at night and a lot of it also is dependent on what exercise i'm doing a lot of times tennis seems to happen at night and Mm-hmm. and running and, and doing things like that happen in the mornings. So oh, I love tennis. I used to play. And the right. person here right now, Andrea, is amazing at tennis. She actually played for ACU. So, oh, yeah, we should all get together. And I love it. Do our thing. I love it. Yeah. You kind of touched on this, but what's your opinion on routines? Do you think to an extent that routines are good? Because I've heard all kinds of things, you know. Uh, Ex-Navy SEALs say break your routine every time because you're not getting better. But then some people say... A routine is good because it gets your body used to doing that over and over again. Yeah, I, I would say there are some things that are good maybe to have routine in and others that, for me, I need to have variety. Um, I can't do the same thing over and over again. Mm. It's problematic for me. Uh, it loses <laughs> its luster and it's boring. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I boring. need to have variety. Uh, but there are also things that you need that consistency. And whether if you're somebody who you know needs to have that daily prayer time, it happens at the same time every day. Or if you don't do it at that same time every day, it doesn't get done. So you need that consistency. So there's some things that I need that have to happen every day for it to happen and be consistent. And there mm. are other things where I'm like, I need variety in this pocket of my day. Okay. Yeah. What would you say has been your biggest setback, maybe in your business life or your personal life, something that it just hit you across the face and you were like, whoa. Yeah, it's more of a personal thing than anything. Mm-hmm. When my, my father had a stroke several years back, and it was a, 
a sucker punch, a, a, a gut punch for me and for our family. Just um, you realize that life is precious, right? And uh, and we don't. There's no guarantee. Uh, and so, uh, for me, uh, I've been really, really blessed. I, I think, um, and and uh, in so many different ways that I haven't had as much hardship. Uh, and uh, and so, when that happened, that really that really hit me in the face, and that was really hard. Definitely. And, uh, yeah. Is so, your is he doing better now? No, I lost my dad. Oh, that uh, was, yeah, yeah, about eighteen was, months after after his, uh, his stroke. But that was that was wow. a difficult phase. For, for us um, as a family, mm-hmm. certainly. I'm an only child, so that was okay. impactful to me. And uh, so I think that's it's been an experience where we've we've all learned a lot, for sure. And about, hopefully about you guys could, like, grow closer yeah. together, too. Well, sure. Yeah, sure. I was an only child, so we were pretty we were a pretty tight-knit family to begin with. Uh, but but certainly I appreciate uh, my mom mm-hmm. a lot and, mm-hmm. uh, and cherish times like, today where I'm in Abilene and I get to spend the night in my mom's house and yeah. have her cooking and You'll all that stuff. You'll definitely love that. Yes. <laughs> so that's fun. Yes, that's right. So that's fun. I just had another question. The 2008 recession, did that directly impact you? Were you in business at the time or what, what did that do to you in terms of your business life? Yeah. So we were in business um, and we, uh, at the time I was, uh, this, this was, um, I was CFO for uh, a company that was uh, in Round Rock, Texas. And uh, we did see some impact uh, from the 2008 pullback for sure in that business. Um, you know, I think most every business in the U.S. had some sort of impact, at least in the short term, to them in terms mm-hmm. of whether it was a loss of orders or, or some temporary issue. Uh, so, yeah, we, we did have some impact to our business. Fortunately, we, uh, we were on solid footing and and uh, continued to grow the business after that. And Did so, stop you guys. Yeah, we were coming up like weeds. Well, yeah. you know, we, you know, like anybody else, we experienced a dip like a lot of the folks. Uh, and fortunately, we were able to grow that business. And, and ultimately, we, we sold those businesses. So that's good. How has your faith in God impacted your business life? Oh, wow. <laughs> well, it's kind of foundational. Uh, you know, I, was, I, I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, with uh, with a strong foundation for sure. Uh, my time here at ACU actually um, kind of gave me uh, you know strong strong footing uh, and uh, and certainly relationships that I had here built into you know kind of where we are to this point. But it's foundational for us. It's foundational for our family. Uh, hopefully, it's foundational for our kids if we're, if we're doing what we want to be doing with with them in their lives. But uh, yeah, it's of first importance, I think. I just want to say, too, I love how you have one day just set aside for prayer. Like, mm-hmm. I think with any business, if you're, like, Christian-minded, like, that just seems essential. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm sure your um, workers love that. Yeah, um, yeah. We've gotten cool really, really positive feedback from that. Again, it's not all day. It's about half. It's 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 in the mornings. It's like six hours. Before lunch. <laughs> it's a couple hours. No eating. Yeah, it's before more. lunch. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it is. You know, it's just a reminder of how we're going to start our week more than anything. So. So, do you happen to have any books, podcasts, any type of TED talk that you want to share with us that is like the best? Well, you know, the, the one that uh, I've just finished all 10 of the podcasts recently is Revisionist History 
from Malcolm Gladwell. Never and, heard uh, of it, but I bet it's amazing. It's uh, <laughs> it's great. He's obviously an author and a New York Times writer as well, and he is he's fabulous. If you, uh, there, I think there's ten uh, podcasts out there right now. If you get to pick any, pick the three on education. Uh, they're they're spectacular and uh, well researched, and uh, just really like anything Malcolm Gladwell does. Sweet. Is it like a 30 minute podcast or is it? Yeah, it's about 30, 35 minutes. Okay. And sweet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's a good look. He's, he's written, you know, bestsellers, outliers and things like that, that I think you guys would enjoy as books as well. But the podcast is fabulous. Okay. I guess we need to check it out. Definitely. Also, you said earlier how you, um, aren't thinking about growing the business bigger. And a lot of people think bigger is better. You just kind of put the two together but with your business you have about five or six people you're serving and then you have about five or six employees so are you thinking ever expanding or are you just sticking to quality over quantity yeah you know um some sometimes bigger is better and uh but i think in this case um, we're pretty happy with with the formula that we've started and uh, so i think we're going to continue that uh so i don't expect us to to get bigger uh, the size uh, group that we have is, is pretty fabulous, and uh, you know it's 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 working. So a lot of times, you know, don't don't fix what's not broke. So, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know if there's any openings in the future for the business. <laughs> yeah, we need yeah. someone to pray with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, just ending the podcast. Are there any words of wisdom that you have to share? Anything that you're itching to tell us? You know, I, we had, uh, I, I can remember pretty, um, pretty clearly, uh, you know, back in 2000, someone telling me, um, go find something that you love to do and be the best at it. And don't worry about what the money looks like. Uh, because if you're the best at whatever you're doing, the money will follow. And so I thought it was great advice to say, hey, go pursue what you love and be the best at it. And worry, and the other things will kind of follow that. And so, I, you know, the, that's the biggest advice I think that I would give anybody listening to the podcast. Wow. Well, we need to take that one to heart because that's always something good to remember. But thank you so much for joining us here at Maker Minds. We're super happy that you came <laughs> out here to hang. And um, we just wish you the best with your personal life, Distinct Capital Group, just everything. We wish you guys all the best. And we would love to hang out with you again sometime soon on Maker Minds. Uh, thank you. Thanks ya. a lot, guys. Yeah. <laughs>